Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Strength in the Numbers. Our guest mentor today is Anuj Fij, and Anuj is a finance advisor at Chevron and has had a rather extensive and rich, diverse international career over the last 25 years spanning three continents. So Anuj has worked in Asia, in Africa and over in the Americas and most of his time he's been spent supporting senior management in decision support roles ranging from CFO to advisory capacities and this episode is actually the first part of two and we really just allow Anuj to talk about his career because there's so much good value in that in the stories he shares in the practical uh, steps he shares with us where we can actually improve our own careers and he goes into detail on how he made some of the tough decisions particularly when moving between continents and how to move on to the next role but the one common thread in Anuja's career is the jobs found him. He never actually had to really go looking. So what can you expect to hear in this episode? Well, Anuja shares some thought processes we could all use in deciding how to take on the next challenging assignment. He also goes into the biggest lesson he ever learned about talent management and also the benefits of working cross-functionally in an unstructured environment and how finance business partner roles can come about so we can even add more value to the business so look as usual the show notes are on our website at sitnshow.com slash podcast slash 058 so without further ado over to Anuj and the show welcome to the show thank you Andrew so so Anuj uh, you've you know I we, we spoke and I, it looks like you've got an absolute credible career but for our audience, um, do you mind sort of mapping out for them your journey through accounting and finance and how you ended up in your current role? Huh, that's a good one. Um, so I, I started out my career in the hospitality industry, which is which I think was a really groundbreaking thing. Just why? Because it was a different role. It was a new organization that's been that was being set up, and it had basically you know you doing everything. So it was a break from the traditional mold of what that company had been doing for many, many years. So it was a new direction for them. It was a new direction for us. And I think that trend has actually been one of the biggest things that has stuck to me throughout my career is that going into an environment which is unfamiliar and uh, there's no not many established processes, not many established, um, you know, there's no, not much structure to the way things are to be done, right? Nobody's prescribing you anything. So those kind of opportunities have been a consistent part of my career, and they have actually been the most uh, transformative opportunities for me as well, from a learning, develop, a learning perspective, as well as from a, you know, growth perspective, personally and professionally. I, I think I would, uh, you know, like, uh, I get bored easily. So that's another thing. So, <laughs> and I think once once I've and uh, once I've learned something, I uh, like okay, what is next to do? So, yeah. um, and that also is another trend that has been with me all my all through my life. And 
from hospitality, I was in a, uh, I was away from the main city. Uh, it was in a smaller town. And while I did enjoy the small town uh, atmosphere, I was quite settled. Um, there was the desire to do more. And at that point of time, I got recruited by GE Capital, which was setting up a massive offshoring uh, 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 center in India and had been looking at, you know, setting up a financial reporting kind of function. And oddly enough, I was recruited by them to um, set up, look at a process for setting up a whole reporting system and processes for a bank holding company, which they had just created because apparently GE Capital had been going and buying all of these financial companies all over the place. And uh, the regulators had basically said, you know what, you bought a lot of banks. I think we need to regulate you as a bank. And they were like, oh, hold off, hold off. Please, no, no, no. What we'll do is we'll spin all of these off into a separate bank holding company. So it's funny because I was like, I was brand new into the company and, uh, you know, I was. I came into, I landed up in their headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut, and uh, said, okay, who's my contact? Well, you have to meet this vice president who's going to be working, who you're going to be working with. So I go to this vice president and I said, okay, what do I, what's my role? I mean, I'm, so say, he looks at me and says, okay, how long did you join the company? I said, well, yesterday. <laughs> and I flew out today. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he was like, okay, so, well, we've, he so we sat down, had a chat, and he's like, "Okay, we got this problem that we need to deal with." I said, "Okay, so what are the requirements?" He said, "Well, so he he reaches under his desk and pulls out this massive, you know, uh, binder. It has like 600 pages, and uh, he's oh like, God. "Well, he says these are the requirements of the New York State Banking Board, and uh, we need to figure out how to fulfill them." So I spent the next some days reading about it. <laughs> what are the what yeah. those requirements were, and then um, and then uh, over the next some uh, some uh, couple couple of years, we well a year or so, we developed all the processes uh, necessary to fulfill that in a simple, easy to execute manner. And again, similar themes, no no established process. Figure out the process, create one make it simple enough to execute and make sure that, you know, you can have it executable repeatedly without any problems. So, so did that. From there, I moved on to, um, to American Express and uh, did a lot of uh, different roles with them. Similar, a lot of involving financial reporting, accounting, um, managing their, uh, again, their bank reporting and uh, creating so creating a new system for uh, consolidating about having a flash report generated for their whole Asia pack. You know, what happened was you have a month close and everybody in management wanted to know how they did. Right. So we needed to develop a, a mechanism to figure out how their business was doing. So fig creating KPIs and then figuring out the process to get the information to fulfill those KPIs information. So th that was there. And at that point of time, I was doing well in American Express. And oddly enough, I had actually, um, one of my wife had uh, seen an ad that, you know, the AP Mall of Merce group was looking for controllers globally, like country finance managers and this thing. And I, I was always thirsting for a leadership role. So 
which mm-hmm. allow, would have allowed me to do far more than just reporting and and uh, so i did apply for it and then i forgot about it and then one day somebody <laughs> called me up and said well here's a you need to write this test and do that so fine and did, did that and then again no response they we forgot about it again then one day suddenly i got uh, got a call from the the area finance manager of uh, ap molomers for sub saharan africa and he's like what well, do you have time i said yeah i i kind of it was a i was actually on vac- uh, on vacation that day and sitting at home we were just packing and he was like oh okay uh, do you have time for half an hour one hour i said i said why what happened he said well the managing director of namibia was looking at your profile and he wants to have a chat with you i said fine well, let's have a chat then so we had a chat he really so he said you know i think you are the kind of guy that we are looking for so and uh, we so he interviewed me over a couple of phone calls and then some days later i had an offer in my hand so saying mm, joining yeah. as the finance manager for mersk in namibia uh, in charge of the whole country small office not very big uh, and great learning opportunity so i would go to my boss I'm, i mean i'm in american express big conglomerate huge a uh, thousand people working there <laughs> and i go to my boss who was a, i had a very good relationship with and i've been fortunate to have a lot of good bosses as mentors during yeah. my life right and he's like okay you know he says very you're very young uh, you're very good but uh, very few people get an opportunity to lead a whole country at uh, you know look over the whole thing at this age so if you're get i think it's a right opportunity for you you should take it so fine so and then again you know um trusting in my instinct uh, some days later i was on a plane to namibia which was i mean till that point of time i had never even looked at it on a map so <laughs> <laughs> namibia was a great experience starting very nice office very highly trained people uh, and uh, as i started establishing myself in namibia uh, and uh, i had responsibility for the whole country we did board meeting packages um uh, being the most senior manager this uh, just after the managing director you were the most senior manager there so it was great and uh, all decisions went through me uh, the ability to influence the course of a business was really uh, enriching and we did a lot of things like you know strategic planning uh, investment decisions and participating in regional uh, meetings with uh, the sub-saharan african management and for some reason there they thought that i was good and then the managing director of uh, the whole uh, for africa basically called up my boss and said you know what i would like him to take over angola and <laughs> i was like oh, i'm not going to angola i've never uh, angola was not on my list of priorities because i was like yeah, i'm very happy here right this is really great and um, yeah i had a little kid at that time and uh, a little a young daughter and uh, my wife was expecting our second child and i was like mm, angola i've i've heard really but angola was the second largest market for mersk in africa just in terms of volume volumes and size right namibia and angola was roughly five times of the volume that they were handling in namibia so it was the Amazing. second most important market and it had five offices and major issues all over the place so where would you go <laughs> well, <Why not? laughs> to be, 
Yeah, lots of, uh, they kept pressurizing me and said, you know what? He says, okay, go have a look at least. If you don't like it, then we won't do it. So I said, okay, fine. I got on a plane to go see Angola so, and uh, went there, talked to the manager, uh, man- uh, management team there. And initially they were looking at a um, potential bid for a port handling uh, concession. And that was part of the whole uh, thing as well. Uh, so I said, okay, fine. I will take it on, but first I need to do an introspection of what the issues are. And then I spent some time analyzing what, what was wrong, prepared a report. It was quite scathing, actually. Like, you guys have been not giving the right resources to this country for a while. And on top of that, Angola had had an interesting issue was that uh, we'd never been able to repatriate a single dollar that they had ever earned there. Uh, we had not, and they had had a currency replacement some years back, which hadn't been handled on the books, um, very well on the books. Uh, massive issues going back and forth. But uh, we, and anyway, so ended up moving to Angola. Had a, I think Angola was a very, very enriching experience, just in terms of you know being able to develop people and really think differently because it was coming out of a 27 year old war and you know where i could have one fine good trained accountant easily available in namibia finding that kind of a resource in angola was impossible so i had to go back to the drawing board and look at processes all over again say no we can't do it we can't you know, I can't go and expect a finely, a highly trained accountant to handle a certain set of responsibilities. So we, so going back to the drawing board, I rejigged the entire processes and divided it into smaller pieces, and and I learned my biggest lessons in talent talent management in Angola because, you know, at times you need to think outside of the box, or when there is no box, there is no box. So <laughs> we look, we, we got talent from. You know, depending upon the skill sets, we recruited people from customer service. We recruited people from uh, even one lady who was who turned out to be my best accounts payable person. Actually, used to be uh, working in uh, you know on the sales side of things. So customer service, sales. Uh, so finance people over there were not in just in charge of finance right you had i had it under me i had administration under me i had cost control under me everything was like you, like i was all, i also held the title for deputy managing director right so it was <laughs> it was chaos uh, on top of that we ha- but i think you know in chaos comes opportunity and you have you learn a lot and we learned a lot for handling people establishing processes thinking out of the box looking through legal doc uh, legal um, i've always had a legal bent of mind and going through contracts was one of my specialities so we ended up uh, challenging the whole uh, repatriation of funds issue and we were able to repatriate funds after involving lawyers and looking through all the uh, regulations out there the fine what they had not been able to do for the 15 years that they'd been operating in Angola, we managed to get done. I'm really proud of that. Um, and um, not only that, we, because we had issues related, structural financial issues related to uh, currency translation, we ended up solving that as well. Slightly out of the uh, out of the books approach, how to figure that out. But 
it took i'm very good with uh, like i'm not a typical accountant but i and like my strong suit is the fact that i understand currencies and translations and uh, accounting really well so we ended up solving that problem as well and that was a slightly different approach which included setting up a newer company merging the existing operations and winding down the older company doing all sorts of things but so from angola i was um, i had actually and this this is comes to the story of canada right and how many years ago i had actually when i was a young uh, i come from a very humble background and uh, when we got married we were basically not very well off so i had you know in seek and seeking better opportunities i had applied for immigration to canada and while i was in angola that suddenly came through out of the blue and wow. um, at that point of time um, i saw that there was a position open in vancouver which was a, l- a couple of pay scale grades lower than mine but uh, that i was operating on in angola but i gave a call to my area cfo and he said you know what talk to the hiring manager there if he, li- he likes your profile i don't want to let you go but you know if you want to go for immigration purposes fine go so um one well, uh, when i applied for the job it was a manager financial reporting job in in canada and uh, for the distribution business in canada and um, they he really liked my skill set so i said yeah so they offered me a job and i moved to canada uh while in canada i was i started my mba as well with queens and um, i'd been like 5 months into my mba when um, one of my classmates walks across to me and said you know what i've been watching you for uh, the last 4 5 months that we've been working on the mba and uh, i think my company is looking for a guy like you you want to come and have a chat to calgary so <laughs> so so wow wow let's why not let's go and have a chat no, why not <laughs> so yeah had a uh, flew to calgary had a chat with the um with the, the manager compliance there and they were just setting up a new compliance function and uh, wanted somebody who could you know hit the ground running and uh, pick up something you know um, chevron doesn't do many um, experienced hires they generally hire people right out of school and people grow from grow within chevron and um, they at that point of time they had realized that they were looking at a huge uh, well they, there was a transition of you know people turning over in terms of retirements and they had a gap mm-hmm. so they had started doing uh, i came in as part of the experience hire process and uh, came in as part of compliance so came into the company did established uh, processes around uh, you know fcpa compliance and anti lobbying and got into my groove with with legal stuff and working on contracts the lawyers loved me because i could actually talk to them and not say that this thing this this thing is just nonsense but um uh and then so we have a very elaborate career development process in chevron and you know you fill out all sorts of it's a very structured process and as part of that um i had a couple of conversations with people uh, there's a we have a what is called a personnel development representative 
somebody uh, and that's generally a senior manager within the finance function who, who holds that responsibility so he had come in for a visit i remember this was around september of 2010 so he comes up to me and says well i and i i had a like a, everyone has like a 30 minute slot with them to go and have a chat so i go into my my assigned slot with him and he's like oh anuj come uh, i have a job for you i said what <laughs> Didn't ask for a job. <laughs> so, so that well, I think this is we have a job in Houston, which we think we will be a great fit for. And um, I said, okay, what is it? So this was a finance coordinator role for Nigeria Mid Africa Business Unit, which is one of the largest business units in Chevron. Uh, but it was for their their exploration and development team, which was based out of Houston. uh it involved a lot of uh well so again going back to that and did it was a very very fulfilling job because it involved all elements of finance planning uh legal participate uh, participation in board in uh, fincom meetings management meetings uh, partner meetings uh, fantastic opportunity to really leverage cross functional experience and uh, was able to do a lot on that particular role got to uh, went in worked with the business unit in nigeria uh, did new country entries into liberia uh, sierra leone morocco uh, also handled the farm down of our our liberia blocks which and wrote most of the goa uh, accounting process procedure myself It was good. Uh, very, very enriching job again. Very, uh, fairly unstructured. Fairly um, needing, uh, you know, an ability to roll up your sleeves and get stuff done. Um, then, uh, as it was towards the end of that time, around 2012, when uh, our Canadian business unit announced the acquisition of. our kitimat project and there was going to be a massive team uh, established in Houston and my boss basically told me that they've asked for you to to lead that effort in um, uh, in Houston so And then so, so, so a news I'm I'm getting I'm thinking I'm getting a picture here of like people just that uh, you know the jobs coming to you 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 know you're not having to go look for any jobs they're they're coming to you is that fair Yeah I've been fairly fortunate that way yes <laughs> <laughs> you know like yeah no, so so you're still in the Chevron journey you're still in Texas so so um so what was the next move for you uh in Texas yes yeah, so so did the the, the Kitimat job in Texas again yeah, for the next two years and then uh, at that point of time I was offered the position to head the financial reporting back in Canada uh came back to Canada and uh, i was hit, i was the manager of financial reporting for canada also then uh, handled the well then they were then we moved into the there was a uh, a new position created to look at the capital side of things for uh, the our kebab duvernay project and i was i moved into that position for uh, looking at the capital spend uh mm-hmm. i had been barely some time in that position when the our kebab duvernay project is really growing so we've grown mm-hmm. our production from like 5000 barrels a day to around 30000 barrels a day wow um 
and uh, operations was growing and they they wanted somebody with a lot of cross-functional experience to look at to be like a finance business partner for operations so they created a role uh, in called the finance advisor operations it's more like you know, finance business partner operations so we and i was offered the job took it up it's been a year in this job so far a year or plus yeah plus minus couple of months and um, it's been a fantastic journey just because operations is so fast paced and you know i was able to do so much on digitization big data uh, uh introducing all sorts of things for power bi very again no established role open job open ended job description be the be the trusted resource that everyone goes to that was the drift that was given to me so and i think we ended up doing that i mean like that's that's some i mean that's some career journey like i'm just trying to for summarize in my head like even geography wise you've not been in, in this you've been in multiple countries not let alone multiple countries like multiple continents and i just try to think like in terms of all those experiences you've had like what what's been the biggest change if you were to reflect back on it across your entire journey between when you started and where where you are now what's been the biggest change for you I think the change has been the way the role has evolved, right? With how finance used to be seen as a back office kind of thing. Now finance is, people have started to realize that, you know, an integral finance participation in all aspects of the business is key to success. And that is what is, I think, what stands out. So. And again, it differs from company to company, right? So, um, like for example, in AP Muller Musk, finance was always a very integral part of everything, right? Because they were like, it's the traditional Danish style, right? So maintain control over the finances and everything else will fall into place. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still working for them. Yeah, I know a few people that work there. That Yeah, exactly, completely hmm. agree. But, um, and uh, a large multinational organization like Chevron, where, you know, which is highly technical driven, highly um, uh, driven by the geology under the ground and the engineering that goes above it, right, is also uh, where finance has seen its role really evolve now, where at one time it was like, okay, you know, most decisions were taken without finance actually being involved half the time. Now, finance is involved in everything. Right? There is nothing in, for example, in my role, there is nothing that happens in operations in which I'm not involved in, whether it is you know, an operational decision. Because at the end of the day, right, everything has a financial impact. So, that's the thing that stands out now, that you know, more and more, the, the closer integration of finance in daily business is has grown so there you have it hope you enjoyed today's show if you'd like to know more about our guests today their bio and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com there you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows read the latest blogs there's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter 
which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers. 